In early 1992, animators at Disney Animation Studios pitched an idea for a film of epic proportions. The Odyssey. Wait, no. Around the World in 80 Days. Or how about Don Quixote? All the ideas were scrapped. Until one animator, Joe Hadar, pitched an idea hoping to create a movie surrounding Greek mythology. With their treasure planet dreams on hold, Ron Clements and John Musker joined Hadar's project with the hopes of doing a superhero story. That was Hercules. And this is Godfellas! who put the not in God's Not Dead, Godfellas. I'm Miss Hannah. I'm Mr. Zach. And I'm Mr. Jimmy. I'm Mr. Brad. And I'm Mr. Michael. It is a full <laughs> house today, friends. Everywhere you look. <laughs> Everywhere you Everywhere. go. Everywhere. <laughs> let's, not, let's not have me singing the whole, the whole time again. Uh, <laughs> we... I thought, this, I thought this was our musical episode, Hannah. <laughs> there was another episode Michael was on that I sang quite a lot in. I think it was the last Princess Cut. Wasn't that when you did Rooney? Oh, I think it was Princess Cut. Hard to- I thought it was when we did uh, Mary Magdalene and you sang Rooney and Joaquin of, of Rooney Mara and Joaquin that? Phoenix. Did yeah. I sing that? <laughs> you did. <laughs> Who that was am you. I? That was you, Hannah. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> well, this is a first for us on Godfellas because the film in question is not necessarily um, equal, uh, religious in the sense of a religion that anyone on the episode practices, but it is somewhat religious nonetheless. So we found a loophole to do it on Godfellas. The, the real story is we had so much fun doing Hunchback of Notre Dame that we were like, we want to do, we want to do another one. So we are discussing Disney's Hercules. Yay. And we had to get, we, we just had to get everyone. We had to have Brad. We had to have Michael. Jimmy had to be here too. It's just <laughs> Jimmy you. Had... No, no, I meant that in a good way. I Come along, afterthought. Yeah. Everybody. No, oh no. Oh no. I, I will say there's a there's a great video <laughs> of Michael uh singing, and at one point he strips off his button down and has a Hercules shirt on. So uh Oh, it's this yeah. Aladdin shirt, actually. I don't wanna I don't wanna <gasps> no. cross I don't wanna cross pollinate, but it is an Aladdin shirt. But you also have a Hercules shirt though, right? I need to get one. I don't think I do. I feel like an I idiot should get one. right now. Mm. Oh, no. <laughs> do you want me to do the animated since i'm hosting I, well, do you I, have, do the- I have all of the answers on facebook but we did ask a question today in the real lounge which was favorite animated movie soundtrack and y- you listen i love i love our fans i love them so much some of you did not follow the rules and picked animated films and not animated movies uh, which which we can we can get into, um, you know, not to make anybody feel bad, but I mean, come on, come on, no, but uh, we did we get any on Instagram, Hannah, or no? No, okay, no, 
Hey, listen, Instagram, we don't need you. But where we lacked in Instagram, we certainly made up we did. on so, The Real Lounge. So the question was, what oh, yeah. is your favorite animated musical soundtrack? And, uh, ba- you know, Michael, you wore the right shirt tonight because Thomas Eller said Aladdin. So good. It's just this tr- was I I echo Kayla's sentiment on this and like this is a such a difficult question uh, mm. to answer but I respect everyone's everyone's answers I agree with yeah. <laughs> like yeah you, I mean I uh, yeah I I will say Aladdin doesn't have a bad song in it the biggest tragedy is that there isn't a really baller villain song. Like the great tragedy is that Jafar's villain song is a reprise of Prince Ali. I think, mm-hmm. I don't know. Brad sure, might disagree, agree, but <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, listen, your top five answers here are mostly going to be Alan Menken anyway. So you're going to get, you <laughs> yeah. know, piecing together here and there. I think, yeah. I think Aladdin's got some good tunes in it. It's not my favorite of his, yeah. but it's a good score. But you sang for uh, Aladdin, though, right? Did you know this, Brad? The singer. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. it's spelled differently. Yeah. yeah. It's it's spelled differently, but Brad Kane is the guy who sings for Aladdin. Yeah. And we got him on our show tonight. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm sitting here like, yeah. how is Aladdin spelled it's like differently? Been, yeah, but I got there. Mm. I was like, oh, I know what you did. See. Uh, Mitch. Kayla Faneth did say too hard of a question. And then Mitch Dupree said Hercules, baby. And I texted him right away. And I was like, guess what we're talking about? And he was very happy. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Here's where it gets saucy. Uh, Noah Hewitt from Two Sides of the Same Coin said 101 Dalmatians, which I'm going to push back. Not a musical. Um, Cruella DeVille is a great song. It is a great song. Not a musical. Beauty and the Beast. Absolutely. Yeah. Disney's Robin Hood, which is like barely, like it, it kind of. There's a lot of songs in that more than you remember. There is. <laughs> uh, he says, but he does say he listens to them at least once a week. And then he says, you also can't forget Space Jam. Not, <laughs> not a musical, which there was talk of it being a musical early on, which there is nothing sadder to me than the fact that we didn't get Michael Jordan just belting out like a lament about... <laughs> Special, special secret. Michael's special secret sauce, or something like that. Listen, there are some movies that are like you love them because of the nostalgia, and there's some movies that you go back and visit, and you're like, "Oh, this is actually good." Space Jam is one of the first ones, man. Yeah, yeah. And Space Jam Two is no. (laughs) Space Jam Two is on par with Space Jam One. Phil Lager said Prince of Egypt, which absolutely, yeah, go with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this this random guy Zach Smith said a goofy movie, um, which you know. Then we got people fighting. Is a goofy movie though? Because yes, musical? yes, yeah, it, is. it is. The opening they yeah. sing after today, after which today is, is like structurally a yeah. great musical theater opening. Oh number. yeah, like after it's basically like what if Belle from Beauty and the Beast, but pop. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And um, then there's on, on the, the open, open road, road, which is like. A banger. Uh, yeah, and then nobody else but you, which is probably the weakest in there. But oh, it's, I think it's, I it's forgot nice. that one. It's nice. Here's and here's why I say that because uh, teaching preschool, like towards the end of the day when the kids are waiting to go home, I like to put on music because some of them like to go dance. And you know, I am always looking for something where there's not any lulls in the soundtrack because I'm busy doing other stuff. So I don't want them to like get bored and then start like you know throwing things at each other. Goofy movie is consistently the one with like banger after banger. And um, even 
there's some we'll talk about this i think a little more but there's some weird tonal shifts in some of these disney music disney movie musicals and this one it makes sense whereas like yeah the kids are in high school so they have like a big rock pop song you're in the car with your dad of course it's like a do you need a break from modern living so i goofy movie and the Powerline songs are absolutely incredible like Ugh. come on come yes. on head of eye is yeah amazing i i listen to that when i need motivation but yeah yeah what else? Uh, we had more. We had a bunch. <laughs> Olivia Dupree said, I'll just throw another one in here for your consideration. The Lion King 2. Great music. In What's the one song? In you, Pendy. That's, it's good. It It's good. Love will and for those of us in the uh, in the Salvation Army Jesus Theater world, he's not where he lives in you is from. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And you forever. And, yeah. I mean, well, that's... it was from the mm. Broadway musical. The Broadway show, but they, they put it in the, yeah. Which, honestly, brilliant choice. Like, yeah, great song. I think they should have done that in the live action movie, utilize some of the Broadway songs, but we're not here to talk mm. about that. Uh, Chris Monroe said Curious George, the Jack Johnson soundtrack, which, listen, again, not a musical, but that's Good another musical. that's another soundtrack I go to with um, the Jack Johnson songs in my classroom. Because, and everyone knows um, yeah. Upside Down. It's a great point. song. It's a great song. Mm-hmm. Eric Himes also <laughs> said Disney's Robin Hood. Uh, Hannah cited Love as one of her favorite songs. And then Brad threw out Oliver and Company, which um, yeah. <sighs> Streets of Gold. There is not a bad song I in agree. that score. Banger. Mm. And you get Billy Joel and Bette Midler. Ooh. What more could you want? And I'm not crazy. Wait, what, is it, which, what, it's one of the Pointer Sisters that sing Streets of Gold, right? Yeah, but I'm not yeah. crazy about the about Jenny's little ditty, but it's also like fine. You and me together? It doesn't work for me. No. No. no, we're gonna fight. It's fine. <laughs> Brad's, Brad's ready to go. And then uh, Emily. But why should I worry? Is like yeah. a banger. Oh, yeah, all straight time up. Yeah. And then Emily Stothert, uh threw in another one for Prince of Egypt, and also wanted to highlight the Hunchback of Notre Dame, yes. which agreed. Yes. Can I throw another one out real quick? Absolutely. Yeah. And I don't know that I love it, but Phil Collins did not need to go so hard on Tarzan. Like that yes. score is awesome. It's a no for me. It's a no for me. It's, I'm just saying, like, here's like, like, it's not like, it's not like I love every song there, but that man just said, "Oh, you want me to do a Disney movie?" Oh, sure, sure. I'm gonna throw everything at this. Here, I don't like the songs in the context of the movie, but I can listen to them on their own. Yeah, agree. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I'm about trashing the camped out, but like, it's a good one, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Jimmy, <laughs> did you have one? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I. I think I'm most familiar with The Lion King, and those are some of my favorite songs. So I think I would I would probably say The Lion King. I don't think there's a bad song in that movie. Really? Yeah. Interesting, huh? Um, well, because I here's the it's another that's another one. I put it on, and like the kids aren't as into it, but all of them tell me The Lion King is their favorite movie. Mm-hmm. So it's, mm. I think, is it the reverse Tarzan effect? Where I think it might be. Yeah, I won't listen to the songs on their own, but I would. Watching the movie, I'm like, oh, this is fun. Yeah. Like, here's this is going to be controversial. There is a version of Can You Feel the Love Tonight where Childish Gambino and Beyonce sing it, and I still don't care. Like, (laughs) and let that be a lesson to you, Disney. (laughs) Yeah. Take that, Elton John. I also think we can't, you you can't have this discussion without talking about Little Mermaid 2 just for Mm -hmm. its significance. Little Mermaid 2? Off the Renaissance. I'm no, t- as well, T O O. Yes, um, no, Little Mermaid. Yes. I'm gonna mm-hmm. throw. I honestly think Tangled has some great 
like more contemporary numbers i think the mother knows best um actually i think all of the like reprises are phenomenal sure the when she's leaving the tower when will my life begin reprise and then the mother knows best reprise um fire Straight. I would say po- yeah. Pocahontas has really. Um, it's sad because the her like, songs are great. Her the songs music are great. Is so good, but the story is so <laughs> yeah. like historically. You also inaccurate. have see how I glitter in one of the songs. <laughs> and as much crap as that gets, if I go back to listen to a song from Pocahontas, it is that one. Uh, it is the only. Apart from the soundtrack, mine, mine, mine is really? a song that I love <laughs> really? listening to so much. Yes, Can, so good much. Banger. I, I love, uh, and uh, you know, again, controversial. I love how bad Mel Gibson's singing is, and it's like clearly he's doing his absolute best for the a wild and untamed. I couldn't desire. It's like. You're try. You're really trying, man. Okay, like, but- I didn't know Mel Gibson was in. He's John he Smith. John Smith. I haven't seen that. Which movie now either. you know. <laughs> I will say, there's a cut song from the movie. Yes. If, if I, I never knew you. you. Yeah. Which I think is stunning, and I actually think Mel Gibson doesn't sound that bad on it. Mm. He doesn't. Yeah. It's really well, good. I, I would contrast, and uh, I can't believe I'm going to say good things about Mel Gibson on this, but uh, who I said in the Passion of the Christ <laughs> no episode like is a certified crazy person. Um, Mel, Mel Gibson is like trying so hard where like I'd contrast that with like The Rock and Moana where like he's he's great, he's doing the assignment, but it's clear he's not in there like going hard. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Wow. I will say, I think we're ske- we're definitely skewing more the 90s movies, but I think Princess and the Frog has great music that should be yeah. acknowledged. Just really dig a little deeper. Yeah. Um, great. I, I love And the... then you have to, in Frozen, I mean, like Frozen, For, yeah. as much as like you may be, they may be outplayed at this, like in this moment in time, there's some good music. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I, I will say, um, one of the Disney took me back to my childhood moments was uh, Where You Are in Moana when I saw that in the theater I was like oh this this is really working for me mm-hmm. like get Chris Jackson singing and like I'm gonna melt mm-hmm. I will say that, I don't know if this is a a musical because it's all covers this is so embarrassing for me to say Trolls the, no the first hey, hey that soundtrack goes <laughs> Although, I, I play I, yes, that one I, all the time I'm not, too I'm not kids. against Trolls <laughs> okay. um, the first sing movie when um sure. that opening scene came on of Jennifer Hudson covering the Carry That Weight Golden Slumbers, I was weeping in the theater. Yeah. Like this is the most magical movie moment Here, uh, of my life. To go back to trolls for a second though. <laughs> if Trolls I, goes hard. I wanna I wanna close I wanna close mm-hmm. on this because trolls is one like I've never really watched the movie. The kids just asked for it one day and I was like, sounds good. Anna Kendrick's I Will Get Back Up Again song, I was like, this is a good song. This is a really good song. Yes. If you haven't listened to it, it's a really good song. But we're not here to talk about trolls. We're here Anastasia. to talk about... Yet. Wait, what were you saying? Brian? Anastasia as well. Anastasia goes yeah. hard. Oh. Yeah. Uh, but we're not We're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about uh, long ago in a faraway land in ancient Greece. <laughs> back when the world was new. Mm. <laughs> Listen, they got Charlton Heston to say "You go, girls," and I think that that might be one of the best achievements in this movie. Truly. Absolutely. Yes. All right, yeah. let's yes. let's start with where, like, before we watch this movie for the for the pod, what's what was everyone's opinions on 
Hercules. Where did Hercules fall in your Disney Renaissance like ranking or lineup? <clears throat> it's that one's hard too. Um because it my 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 um my like best movie versus one that I would watch first, like my favorite would be completely, I think would be different. I think my favorite Disney Renaissance film is probably Aladdin. Um, and I didn't, I don't think I actually watched Hercules until later in life. I don't think I really like watched it from start to finish until I, I was in college or out of college. And I was like, who kept this quotable <laughs> masterpiece from me <laughs> this long? Uh, there, there are moments when, and this might seem odd, but there are moments when music doesn't do it for me in the gym anymore. So I'll put on a movie that I can like listen to. Um, and Hercules is a repeat, uh, repeat of that one. Mm -hmm. Um, just because I really love the dialogue, uh, in this movie, the, the script I need to go on the Hercules workout plan, Michael, if I could look like you, (laughs) I'm going to start Monday morning, man. I'm listening to all the Renaissance movies. The muses will get you there, man. The, the muses, muses will, will get, get you to that place. Carry, carry these weights. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy, what about you? Because we've never talked about Disney before, and I'm curious. I, I mean, you can hang me after this. Uh, I'm not, and I was never like the biggest Disney guy growing up. Get out. Like, I don't Wait, know. And, like, I just. And I you just, married your wife? Like, I'm sorry, but like, you're one <laughs> yeah, of the biggest Disney yeah, fan in life. Yeah, but here, 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 I, I'm not a Disney uh, apostate. I've, <laughs> I've come, I've, I've not renounced Disney. Actually, I've, I've come to love Disney more as I've come to love my wife. Like, we spent our honeymoon in Disney, and pre-honeymoon me was like, this is like the, a silly idea. <laughs> and then I went there, and I was like, this is awesome. I, re- I remember this. So, yeah, I don't know. Like I, I like it. I'm not anti Disney. I just it wasn't on. I was I would rather watch Batman or Spider Man or something. Sure. But Brad, is this your number one? No. Um <laughs> But well says I think I'm the I'm the grandpa here who was like a little kid when these movies were coming out. So like when Hercules came out, I would have been eleven. So like I'll say is like music wise, I think Hercules is probably my favorite of the Renaissance scores. My I think the best one of the of the Disney Renaissance is Beauty and the Beast. And I don't yeah. I mean that's I think a I would say objectively, I think that's the best, but, um, you know, but, uh, no, but I do, I think the music in this movie is top notch. Mm. Yeah. I, I would say this, if I have a top 10 list, this one might sneak in there, but if it doesn't, I think it's at like number 11 and Wait, like top 10 of the Renaissance. Cause there's like 10, I would no, I'd say but, like top 10 Disney movies of all time. I so, mm. so I would say. Of the ones that aren't the main four, I th- I think I like this one a little bit more than Little Mermaid. Um, so, you know, it it, it, it kind of and then all of them, uh, you know, kind of fall into whatever. So if it, if we're going just straight Renaissance, I think this is one of the the better ones. But there aren't that many when you really think about it. But then I I'm sorry I I have scatterbrain because I'm thinking what about the rescuers down under. What about the, you know, and all these other ones that I really like? So it's you know, I I yes to me. Oh, I just wanted to to say if I could save myself. I mean, you can cut this if this digs a better hole. You could be the judge of that. But I really like. I was more of the Pixar movies. I really sure. like like the Toy Stories and the the Finding Nemo's and all those. So like those were like I really looked forward to like Wally and stuff. Yeah. 
here's my story with this movie. When I was a little boy, my first memory of watching this was watching it um, on The Wonderful World of Disney on Sunday night with my sister, and we taped it, and watching it again for my sixth birthday, and then after that, my mom, uh, I think, accidentally taped over it and taped the movie Lucas starring Corey Haim and Charlie Sheen. Um, so little six-year-old Zach was going to watch Hercules <laughs> and he put in this really like messed up coming of age story. And I told my mom like, what happened? And she's like, Oh, um, <laughs> you can watch, you can watch that one. You might like it. And you know, it does not put the glad and gladiator though. It doesn't. No, no, that's it doesn't. the movie we watched the night Zach, uh, asked me out. <laughs> I'd like that last remark stricken from the record. You could take that out true. of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I Jimmy was laughing when you said Wally because I, the other day, was like to myself for about 20 minutes, was trying to perfect like the Eve Wally. <laughs> like <laughs> That is the best way to spend your time. How, how good did Eve. you get? Can we hear it? Yeah, I think my my Eve saying Wally is much better than my Wally saying Eve, but like okay. Eve, Wally, like <laughs> that is good. Yeah, yeah. there, there it is. is. This is powerful. Is anyway, a- um, back to the episode. You yeah. can cut that out. Oh, uh- <laughs> nope. <laughs> Where's the clicker? <laughs> I am wow. I had coffee at 5 p.m., so we're uh, we're going to have a fun night. Um, so for me, I would say Hercules has always been maybe my favorite of the Renaissance. I would definitely agree in that. Do I think it's the best movie of the Renaissance? No. But do I care? No. Like, mm. I still love it. And I, for a while, like... I definitely went on like a kick for a good three or four years of telling everyone that I thought this movie was severely underrated because I felt like nobody was talking about it. Um, Mm. At least of the Disney nineties movies. And as a kid, like I remember on nights I couldn't sleep as soon as like go the distance came on, it would always soothe me to sleep. So like that song, why are you making that face Zach? The big song about like, let's get up and go. And Hannah's like to sleep. Well, just the beautiful, like, sure, sure, instru- uh, like, go the distance into dreamland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> go the distance in your dreams. Um, yeah. so that song has a very special place in my heart, and then, yeah, the soundtrack's just incredible. And yeah, so I, but I think we all kind of have a general, like, agreement of like, it's a favorite, maybe not the best, but I don't know if I care about that. Like, it's a favorite. Yeah. It's a good time. Yeah. I only have issues when I'm watching the movie, which sounds weird, but, like, when I'm thinking about it, I'm like, what a great movie. I'm not thinking about any of the bad stuff. I'm thinking about mm-hmm. all the things I like, whereas, like, you know, we brought up Tarzan, and immediately my mind goes to a bunch of, like, I'm not crazy about that. I'm not crazy about that. Whereas Hercules, like, again, when I think about it, I'm like, oh, it's so good. And then I watch it, and then you kind of remember, like, Oh, there's there's these kind of things, you know. Zach, I completely agree with you because this is a movie that I like. I like to fondly remember. I as, I actually wasn't super hyped about watching the movie. One because mm-hmm. I can quote it pretty well, <laughs> um, but two, I I actually agree. I think I have like 
I have the things that I remember about it. And then watching the film is probably the, the point where I go, eh, okay. Like I'd much rather talk about it and quote it with my friends and sing the songs. Yeah. There was this um, article I read during the pandemic. They were talking about people were starting to talk about movies as opposed to like just what they liked about it versus like how it makes you feel. Like, you know, they were talking about in reference, like Ted Lasso is a show that makes you think about like how you feel watching it rather than like the beat by beat moment. And I think for me, Hercules is a, a movie that's more about like how I feel watching it yes. and how yeah. I feel when I talk about it rather than just like the, oh, and this happened and this happened and this happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it totally. just makes you feel good. It's it's a fun time. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's start with we're going to uh, keep implementing something Jimmy brought back in our family camp episode is this segment. Let's talk about just the good stuff. What what do we love about this movie? Um, what comes to mind when we talk about the best parts of this movie? And it could be any aspect. It doesn't have to be moments, but, uh, you know, animation. Maybe we should just start with the score. Yeah. Yeah, Because absolutely. I think that's Let's the thing it. that gets the most praise, right? Yeah. So, like, this is another Alan Menken banger, but he's working with a new lyricist. This is Dave Ziffel, right? Yeah. He did City of Angels on Broadway. And actually... One of the things I love about this score in particular, Dave Zippel is a master lyricist. Yes. Like the way he plays with words and rhyme schemes. I actually have a whole like page in my notes of just what I'm called Zippelisms mm. of some of his lyrics that are just next level of jokes or or wordplay, um, which I guess we can get to as we talk about different songs. I can bring some of them up. But like, for example, like even a lyric like in the gospel truth, and that's the world's first dish, meaning like the first urn, but also like the first like gossip dish story, like the like just some of those kind of like ways he plays with meanings of words, rhyme schemes, you know, that kind of stuff. And I, I'll bring up more throughout the thing, but I just yeah. So you got it. He's working on a new lyricist here. I'm surprised after that, like the success of this, that they didn't really do make it and simple didn't work together a lot anymore. Yeah. But like. He hasn't done a lot of lyrics, like he's done lyrics, but he has, I mean, he also works as a director. So I don't know that like he's a prom, you know, primarily a composer lyricist. Um, but I just think it was, I think it was a brilliant pairing for the mm-hmm. two of them. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. What's, what's the standout music moments? I mean, the, the, the I'm sorry, Michael, go ahead. No, you go for it. <clears throat> I, I was going to say like the opening of the movie is just lets you know right away what you're about to spend the next 90 minutes of your time watching. Mm-hmm. Like it's so fun and exciting. And the movie does like trick you every time where it kind of starts with the, you know, the Charlton Heston voiceover that we've, you know, kind of briefly mentioned. And I think it successfully tricks you into thinking like, okay, so this is going to be like, your like Lion King. Like here's like a very serious story. Maybe it gets a little funny or like, here's your, and, Considering where Disney was, where we're coming off Pocahontas, which is their shot at winning an Oscar for Best Picture, into Hunchback of Notre Dame, into this, we're coming off of like three pretty serious movies from Disney. And so it's kind of like, all right, buckle up. Here we go again. And then the muses show up and it just totally is like, oh, the the lid's been blown off of this. Yeah, yeah it's refreshing. Yeah. Mm. So there's this rumor going around, and I don't know the validity of it, how true it is now, but like there was this rumor for a while that they were originally courting the Spice Girls to play the Muses. I've heard that. And like how different this movie would have been in not a mm-hmm. great way. Like they again went, at, Mankey went back to his roots. They got five of the best like Broadway beltresses yeah. 
to bring them in to play these muses. And it's just because of that, they, the, 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 the humor is sold, but also the vocals for this music, you know, and talking about like in gospel truth, the opening rhyming impossible with gospel yeah. is kind of a fun little, you know, kind of little uh, play with pronunciation. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, obviously the muses are iconic in every way, shape and form. And I would say the, the big hit across the board is Zero to Hero. I dare you to sit still listening to that song. I dare you. That's very true. You can't. It's, impo- it's what impossible. What a great number. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, there's like, no, it, it's weird. This is the conundrum of like the podcast. When something is good, it's hard to talk about it because it's good. So, but, like, okay. So good. I'll give you my, since yeah. we're talking about Zero Hero, let me give you my zippalisms. Yeah. So you have first later in the song, he rhymes gladiator with theater. Yeah, which is a fun one. But mm-hmm. um, I love the uh, now nouveau Grecian famous. He could tell you what's a Grecian urn uh-huh. and using the the homophone of urn. Um, and then also the best alliteration, I think, in a lyric I've ever heard is the end is perfect package packed a pair of pretty pecs. Yeah. Which is like, what a great line. Right. <laughs> like such good. Like it, the wittiness, the, the wittiness of the lyrics. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Zero here is a banger. All time banger. Yeah, I Ar- mm. arguably like top ten Disney songs, like Disney animated songs. Absolutely, mm. and I would say too, like, uh, it, it's very much like Act One closure, like in a movie, like, which yes. I think in the movie really or works. Oh, Act Two opener. It's one of sure. two. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, you never see Hercules like fight again until the end of the movie. Well, I think it's a number. nice. It's that breath of fresh air of like it, this movie's not going to drag on because we're bringing this like. Yeah, banger and, of a it's number. A good montage song to pass, Absolutely. Yeah. It's a good montage song to pass time and show mm-hmm. you all of these things in a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. And Brad, I think you For made a sure. great point about also, you know, you're you're mentioning like the rhymes and but highlighting as well, like these are wordy words that just like flawlessly fit in. I mean, I'm also thinking like from appearance fees and royalties. Like that's not an easy line to make like not awkward. Like Well well and this is what it works. If- internal rhymes. There are so many internal rhymes where it's like you usually know the rhymes happen at the end of the line, but there's so many like in the middle rhymes as well that, mm-hmm. that Zipple's put in here that are just in every song. But like just it's it's the attention to detail in the lyrics of this score compared to some of the other ones is just phenomenal. Yeah, well, and this is where I'm gonna get on my high horse a little bit but it's kind of like and this is what you get when you hire like real singers because disney has a thing now of like you know well if the person's doing the voice part they're also going to do the singing even if they can't sing and it's sort of like and that's why i think you don't have songs that like hit quite like this really that are coming out anymore and they're more like oh this song's kind of fun or this one's kind of cute you don't have songs that maybe feel you know, this level of, of epic because, you know, the singing's just not quite there. So this this is when I go back to, like, hire people who know what they're doing and watch what happens. Mm-hmm. Michael, I, I do have a question about Go the Distance. How many times have you, have you had to sing that for something? Um, At least once. There is this <laughs> lovely, there is this lovely and i will i i oh i could sing the praises of this like disneyland park mashup called the disney animazement trio that starts with um just around the big river bend from pocahontas flows into go the distance 
flows into out there from hunchback and then at the end syncs them all up um and it is incredible that sounds cool um, it is any any footage you can find of like Disneyland doing mashups of Disney songs and then crescendoing to this massive, wonderful finale is it, beautiful. Once or twice, though, is the and it's like the epitomal, especially in high school. Yes. Like the musical theater guys would like rush to the piano. It's whatever that thing. It's like it's like starting seasons of love, but cooler. Um, <laughs> you're that. Bum, 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 bum. bum. <laughs> That is also, well, I think one of my favorite things about the score is how often they use the go the distance theme the light and motif. how yeah. how effective it is yeah. every single time. I noticed that this go round, just like everywhere they use it gives that swelling, actually gives the, helps inflate the, st- along with the, the wonderful gospel infusions and actually getting wonderful performers who can sing gospel actually. Um, but the, the, from this time around the swellingness, even, even when like the Zeus statue comes to life for the first time, that swelling music where you realize that not only it's heightening the epicness of the moment, but you realize like he's about to meet his dad. Like mm-hmm. it, it has, cause it, it heightens or connects. It's, it's really good emotional connective tissue where the story might not do it so well. The score kind of helps tie some more connective and emotional moments together. Um, that was one of my favorite things about the score, this kind of go round. Mm-hmm. They do that with I'm, I Won't Say I'm In Love, too, a lot more than I realized, especially around Meg. Can I say something about Go the Distance really quickly? Yeah. yeah. So, like, that was the, like, you know, as of course with all these Disney movies, there's always the Oscar play song, right? So, this Go the Distance was there when it was nominated. And Michael it's a great Bolton. song. But I don't know if you, I don't love the Michael Bolton version. <laughs> But let me tell you, have you seen the list? Like the, the thing about this year at the Oscars, like Go This Is a Good Song, but it is solidly like number four on that list. Yeah. Yep. Like, because yep. that was the Titanic year, right? So like you had Titanic, you had um, The Journey of the Past from Anastasia's on there too. And then is it, um, so Don't Want to Miss a Thing? Mm-hmm. Is that the other one? Uh-huh. Oh, the Aerosmith one? It's one yeah. of the Diane Warren songs. I'm pretty sure that's the one it is. So like, it's like, and then there's a song from Go Bill Hunting. But like, so like, it's like, it's a great song, but like, it was never, I don't, I don't, I mean, Hercules is definitely showing like, the the, the, the Oscars were like, we get it. You need to sit this one out, guys. But yeah. yeah. That was but it's a great sure. song. Yeah. yeah. Near, far, wherever. <laughs> great, great year for motifs. Um. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, while we're talking about things we like, not to transition Please. off of the music too much, I would say for this one, um, I I do think the script is funnier than a lot of Disney movies. In that, like a lot of Disney movies, the jokes are kind of like jokey, jokey, joke. Whereas, like, and I know James Woods like famously improvised quite a bit, but. Even like a lot. It would take, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. It would take two weeks for them to animate one second because of how much, like how quickly he spoke. Yeah. uh, And did all his lines and improvised so much that literally two weeks to do one second. Like, yeah. Whereas, like, the jokes in this one are legit funny instead of like winking at the camera. And also, you know, not to dunk on something we've already dunked on, this is coming off of the gargoyles. So, like, what a step up by comparison. 
don't you feel like the Jason Alexander gargoyle would have fit in this movie much better eight than million he did percent. Eight like, million percent. Like, and not that I want him in this movie, but it's like pain and panic and Hugo. Like, <laughs> that seems to be more where he, he fits, right? Yeah. Well, and it, it looks like they hired two sitcom writers who's, who worked on Seinfeld, right? Yeah. That helped punch up this script. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is like, it feels very like pop culture Yeah. But not in like with specific references, but it feels much more very 90s. This script feels and of the rhythms of the references. Um, also, just some of the wordplay in this, you know, like, you know, it's things like, you know, the big olive, right? Or the, uh, you know, like the Zussi I'm home moment later, like, yes. you know, very, you know, so, like, so there's a lot of like references with but using like the words of their, you know, in a Peloponnesian minute instead of a New York minute, right? Yeah. Like those kind of references all throughout the script that make it feel very contemporary while still kind of living in this Grecian gospel world that they've created. Yeah. And there's... Want to buy a sundial? <laughs> Can I say what lives rent-free in my head at almost all hours of the day? I maybe think about this line like once a week is pain in the beginning of the movie coming your most lugubriousness <laughs> this is a quotable movie yeah. i'll just blanket yeah. that like it's up there for me with like an emperor's new groove where like the writers just got to like do whatever they wanted it feels like they had a lot of freedom on what they got to say and it actually benefits the movie a lot i completely agree the one i like the one that i like to break out is you remember Last year when all the girls were named, all the boys were named Jason? And all the girls were named Brittany? This is a very popular name nowadays. (laughs) Like the voice voice acting also, like I'll say does add, and and it's not just James Wood. Like it's even Rip Torn as Zeus. Yes. Like who? Paul Schaefer. Paul Schaefer. Right. Yeah. Like, so you can tell like that this is definitely like when they were cast, this is a post Beauty and the Beast and like people were starting to take them seriously because if you look at like you know Little Mermaid the names in that movie are not names you know yeah like it's not yeah. a cast of people that you recognize by now you've got you've got Paul Schaefer doing a bit right right you've got like if you look at the bench is deep in this movie oh yeah you know and but but yet they didn't sacrifice the you know the the let's say there's not as well-known names but are more like Broadway talent they didn't sacrifice having those people as well. So you're able to have your Rip Torns, but your Lilius Whites as well, right? So you can just tell that their their money, their stature in the community is not just, oh, they're cartoons, but you can yeah. actually have like, it's not, you know, and the thing is like, and nowadays, like, I mean, you look at the reviews from this movie when it came out, it, it was like, hey, it's all right, but James Woods is amazing, right? right? And now I would arguably say that in the culture, because James Woods is where he's at in the culture, Danny DeVito, I think, is the one that everyone kind of raves about now, right? Is because, but also Danny DeVito's career has had a whole different, yeah, you know, change since then as well. But like, casting Danny DeVito in as a satyr is kind of like <laughs> of course. gold, right? Like, yeah. who else do you get to do that, right? Yeah. Well, and that's even too where people it's, it's have great- said like in the live action casting rumors everyone's like well just have Dan- like keep Danny DeVito like that's what I see across the board is like and that's why you should not make a live action ver- when like well, you're, when, yes, when, you're the whole the thing action. is like get them all back again it's like then don't do it like I'm sorry but he's, well, he's the actually, one apparently like he's actually in the like he, they're actually in negotiations with I was just reading that the other, like the other day he's actually in negotiations to play Phil again 
So like, then, you know, is listen, for what is worth. Look, I'm I'm gonna say this once, and then I'm and then I I'm not gonna say nothing else about it. The Russos are involved in this movie, and listen, they were involved in everything, everywhere, all at once. I loved that movie. But if they're directing this movie, I've said this before, I'll say it again. I don't want to watch a Hercules movie with the lights off, okay? Don't get the guys who make who made Captain America look like dull concrete to do this bright, colorful, fun movie. Keep them out of this. Well, Guy Ritchie, right? Guy Ritchie. Isn't it Guy Ritchie that's doing that? Yeah, I think it's Russo's are producing Guy Ritchie's directing. If it's wrong, cut it out for sure. But I'm pretty sure that that's what I just read. Uh, oh no! I'm that's staying in. That's, we're gonna will that into existence. No! <laughs> I here's the thing. I think what's so great about Hercules is the fun, colorful, yeah, it like refreshing nature. Like yes, it's fun. It's lively. There's great music. There's comedic moments. I don't want to see the live action no. version of that. No, I, no one wants to see a CGI Hades. Like you might think you do, you you don't because the funny thing about him is the what and like he explodes. That's not that's gonna it's gonna look weird. <laughs> it's gonna look weird, and that's the thing. I think one of the strengths of this movie is that it is animated and like that it doesn't use that as like a. It's not a cross to bear. It's not something to be overcome. It's like they have fun with it and it's allowed to be like, yeah, what it is. Yeah. As opposed to like when we were talking about Hunchback, like it felt like just it was something they were trying to create for the theater, right? Mm -hmm. This one, I feel like they were like, let's just have fun and lean into animation, right? Because even like, I mean, we're bouncing all around you. I don't know if we're going to go through the movie now, but like, <laughs> the, like the fight that Hercules has with Nessus is like straight out of Looney Tunes, right? Yeah. Like, they're leaning into the art form of animation in a way that I don't think that they did, they haven't done in a while, right? Mm -hmm. And especially over the like the Pocahontas and Hunchback, that kind of stuff. So like, yeah, I agree with you. I think I think the reason this movie works is because it's animated. And I think that trying to do a live action of this, you lose something in, in the translation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mike. There's some also really well- intimate animated moments that I remember distinctly now as an adult. And it's both, it's the one that I really love is Hades negotiating with Hercules and he has his hand out and he goes, I, I don't really have time yeah. to, <laughs> and the, um, and then the couple frames of Hercules sizing up Pegasus as a baby like he gets licked. And then the baby is like really unsure for a second. You see him like really scared and then, like he warms to him, I I, I love watching that. Yeah. There there is such a wonderful yeah. attention to detail mm. in some of the like interactions from top to bottom that I really appreciated watching in this go. On a tangent from there, is there a baby in cinema who has a bigger head than Baby Hercules? That child's head is like <laughs> it's a the most adorable baby. Yeah. But I was like, this is the, the biggest, the big headed baby. Yeah. He's a, so super cute. I, I can't think of another one. Sky yeah. high, but that's not an anime. <laughs> <laughs> it's like giving like the baby Thank from you, Troy, Michael. you know, with yeah. Brad Pitt, like that movie, that, that yep. baby was a big baby, but like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it is interesting, Michael, because the moment you're talking about also is one where like, you didn't need to do that. And like animation at all. is really hard. So like that was time for somebody but it ends up being like, I think what I like is the movie 
isn't afraid to have nice moments and sometimes yeah. like it kind of sacrifices the story but it doesn't bother me that much cuz like the story's straightforward and basic enough where like I'm not like wait a <laughs> wait a minute what about the plot you know like it's it's Rocky meets Superman and that's not a dig that's mm-hmm. what they have said it was Rocky meets Superman in a movie that was supposed yeah. to work for everybody like Katzenberg's assignment to uh the guys uh Clemens and, Mus- and Musker was make a movie that everyone is going to love, and then you two can go make that stupid Treasure Planet movie that you want to make. Just go make a movie that's going to work for everybody. Yeah. So when you're talking about the story, um, one thing I remember, even like from the time, is that like after Pocahontas was criticized so heavily for like not being true to the story. Yeah. There was this whole backlash to this movie that it wasn't like true to the myth of Hercules. Who cares? And it was kind of, it was kind of right. It was kind of docked because they were like, oh, that's not what the actual story was. And it was actually this. I'm like, first of all, if you want to do the actual myth for children, that's a whole other problem. Well, all but these like, fairy tales they've took, done. Like, yeah. Right, exactly. But like, because there was this kind of like criticism kind of winding up for Disney and like, again, People, when people have success in Hollywood, people are going to find a way to cut them down, right? Sure, so after sure. Beauty and the Beast and all this kind of stuff, they were, people kept trying to find a way to cut down Disney and coming at them for their story was a big thing, especially after Pocahontas. And then they took a lot of liberties with Hunchback of Notre Dame as well, which again, to make a children's movie, you have to. Mm-hmm. Um, but they did it again here. And I remember that was one of the big things they got knocked for yeah. by critics was for really messing with the story. Right. Mm. Because people just love Greek mythology. <laughs> what? Uh, uh, actually, people Michael do. Does, but yeah, people do. <laughs> and which, I, which was not. A, I'm. I'm. So, that like sounds like I, it, people really do though. Like people yeah. really do. Like I went and saw the lighthouse, and I was like, oh, cool, it's Greek mythology. Like we, people do like it. I think it's in our DNA. But I think like to get back to what Brad is saying, when I'm going to see Disney's Hercules, you know, like yeah. come on. People have very strong feelings about like that kind of stuff, much like yes. people have strong feelings about Shakespeare, like and everybody has their own way of how things should be presented. And if it's not how they want it, people are up in arms. Right. Yeah. And I think that's just like, there's a definitely a thing with with, you know, s- stories that we know that are common, that when you take a new spin on them and a new bent on them, people get bent out of shape, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Michael just likes Greek mythology because he's an Adonis. So, you know. <laughs> Yeah, it definitely started as a child when I was an Adonis and thought, you know, you know what story I can only relate to is these. I'll also say I, I I'm sure I'm not the first person to insult Katzenberg, but like Treasure Planet is such a beloved movie of mine. Um <laughs> And I could list a number of different things about how good it is. And I understand that it's not as good as the Renaissance and like the heavy hitters of Disney. However, I am an enormous Treasure Planet stand. If you can try to merge Treasure Planet with God somehow, like you did with this, I am here. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> He'll, he's going to think about it. Now, no, we're just getting sloppy now. We can do anything. <laughs> Just family friendly. Family, <laughs> family family friendly fellas. Could we watch this in church? It's on God. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, I mean, that's the bar. Yeah. We have to now. You can watch yeah. anything in church if you try hard enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, well, is there anything in this movie that is weak for you? Yes. Oh. Yes. 
I'm sure this has been that brought up. Quick, yeah. Well, I'm sorry, but this is this has been brought up, and it's um it's one that I'm not angry about it, but it is true. Hercules doesn't have much to him as a character. Like he's outshined by the supporting cast, which is kind of common. You know, it happens to Simba. It happens to you know. Um, there's countless other characters who get outshined by the supporting cast because they're funnier. But in here, it's like. James Woods' Hades is so much more, and, you know, Phil's, and it's kind of, you try to boil down who is Hercules as a character, and it's kind of, he is a clumsy, charming, nice guy, but, you know, even, even when they're talking about, like, um, oh, the fame and the success has gone to your head, it's like, well, we didn't see that, like, because it's montaged over, so I, I feel like we kind of just get like this one side to uh to him until the third act when all of a sudden he becomes like everything. So, and again, not to jump over here, the third act of this movie I think is kind of all over the place. But Hercules as a character is a little he leaves a little bit to be desired for me. So, yes, I'm going to argue that's by design, okay. right? Because it's all about him finding his purpose, right? Like this, this movie is a great analogy for puberty and like coming yeah. into your own, right? Yeah. Like, but even like the awkwardness and the goofy gangly and, you know, you're, you're hated on because of your weirdness and your things that make you different. And so he does shrink back because you think about all the people around him, they're gods who have a specific purpose and Phil who has a purpose and Meg who is so like kind of presenting this confidence and purpose and he does shrink to the back because of that. Now, granted, they definitely wrote this movie and said, you know, who's the main character in this movie is the narrator, much like a Joseph the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, but muses, right? Yeah. So, like, he does get overshadowed by them, but I do think the whole purpose of this movie is he is insecure. He is underdeveloped until the end when he's brought into his own. I just think we don't get to revel in that because yeah. Yeah. it's, you know, overshadowed by so much. But I do think that, like, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt here. And again, sometimes I do this, but that I think it's, I think he's underwritten by design. Yeah. And I I think I could get on board with that if the movie didn't end so abruptly and sort of wildly. Because, yes. again, the movie, it one of the things I love in the movie, by the way, is that I've had a beef with a lot of these Disney movies. Specifically, I'll pick on Moana because I can think about it. But at the end of the movie, when Maui loses his hook, and then they're like, but you don't have your hook. And he goes, hook or no hook, I'm still Maui. And then he gets his hook back after saying that. And I'm like, so you don't mean what you're saying, though, Disney. Like, he has to get the hook back, you know? <laughs> I like in this movie that, like, when he doesn't have his strength, that's when he defeats the Titan. You know what I mean? That it, it's like, no, you really did have this inside of you. You really are, like, you can do it. You don't need your strength. Like, you're good enough on your own as a human. That's really cool. But then the movie is like Meg then dies and Hade and Hercules goes into the underworld to save her, strikes a deal with Hades that he'll stay if he can get her out. Then he gets her out and then he doesn't stay. Then he throws Hades in, and then the movie kind of ends. And part of me is like, wait, at Hercules, you made a deal. And like, I want to see the sitcom of like Hades and Hercules as roommates in the underworld, like. <laughs> driving each other nuts shout out there's a lot of there's a lot of i'll make a deal and then i can like then i like break then the deal gets broken because you yeah. have that with the whole like i'll give up your power but then she gets hurt and the same with like you'll have to stay here but now you're a god so there's yeah. a lot of that 
But I also think that like it, it's missing that moment of resolution where you yes. can see Hercules in his new space. Also, like because weirdly, it's like the the credits start halfway through the last song. Uh huh. So it's not even like the song finishes. Yeah. To give us an, an actual like period, the movie is over kind of a moment. Yeah. Because it just kind of continues through the. It's the ending definitely it, like the very last moment of the movie feels like like oh crap we're like five minutes over let's just hack some stuff here at the end yeah, yeah. and start the credits earlier. Zach, I'll get you this for Godfellas. Uh, Brad, do you know what God does keep his promises? <laughs> uh, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, of Jacob, uh, the one who is the same. Yesterday, forever and ever and yeah. unchanges yes yesterday today and forever mm. and that is why we watched hercules everybody for that specific <laughs> reason can the worship band come back? <laughs> <laughs> he has done great yeah wait <laughs> michael what was your pitch for uh what was your sitcom pitch for the i was saying shout out to Lindsay ellis oh who yeah there's a really good breakdown of this movie <laughs> that you have clearly watched as well zach <laughs> well she did the, uh, <laughs> what did she do the one where she wants to be beauty and the beast of hades and, Her- and hercules yeah <laughs> slowly comes around love, yeah. to him <laughs> um and yeah. at first i i really do appreciate Lindsay ellis and everyone should watch her yeah. just I'll in put general. a link in the I show notes because it's a great video yeah I remember being very upset because I was like, how dare you like nitpick this thing that is so like positive and wonderful. But she does make the good technical points about what the movie does poorly. And I think it is, it is that it is such a compelling. I want a go the distance is such a compelling. I want song Yeah, because like a really good pop song, it's just vague enough to, for everyone to put their own kind of like what you were saying, Brad, like teens can put whatever they want, their own circumstances into that song with ease. Um, but the, the, them like just dunking on him for apparent, for no reason other than the fact that he is pigeon toed and catastrophically clumsy at the beginning is very much like rolling it in thick. And yeah. it's where Rocky meets Superman like clashes that I feel like the movie does a poor job. Yeah. Because Rocky is one thing yes. and Superman is another thing. Well, and there are moments of both that are really good, but they don't help you relate to Herc when he's being challenged necessarily in the, at least in act two. Well, and Hannah made a good point. Cause we went and saw Creed three last night and Hannah was like, isn't it crazy to think that the first Rocky is essentially Stallone walking around Philly telling children not to stay out late and like stand on street corners with gangs and he's giving everybody like 99 cent wisdom and then he like goes 12 rounds at the end of the movie and now we have like this massive blockbuster with like all these A-list actors and it's like inspired by anime and all this other stuff it's like how did we get here and it is like you can you when you know that it's Rocky meets Superman, it's like okay, well Phil is Mickey, and then it's like okay, like that that really works, and then you're right, it's yeah. <laughs> Phil is also. I'm so sorry, I let you finish, yeah. but Rocky Four is one of uh, my friend introduced me to Rocky Four recently. Uh, Phil is a also a hundred percent Polly. <laughs> well, well, so the thing that I'm thinking about is, and then here's where it gets messy. Cause I get the idea of like, we want to do Superman who, you know, what if you realized that you had all this power one day, but you had to train for it. I get it. 
it's just that those are two different characters and i think that's maybe where i'm lost on hercules a little a little bit because it can't be both you know Mm -hmm. i'm gonna yeah i i see what you're saying but also i'm gonna say like first of all like he's not just clumsy he is like i'm gonna knock over a whole town clumsy and like you know you know wreck this whole pottery man's livelihood kind of clumsy Mm -hmm. but i think it's also about this idea that like you know talk about here's another here's another godfellas time for jimmy God gives you gifts and talents, right? And it's you, but you still are called to cultivate them and train them in a way to use them. Otherwise, they're just kind of out there and they're not, they're not, in, they're not disciplined or they're not at the way we want them to be, right? So I think that like the idea of, you know, yes, Hercules has this, you know, this, this crazy strength because he's a demigod, right? But there's also, you have to be able to contain that, right? And so the training is also necessary to pair with the God-given talent, right? So it's only in that that he's successful in in what he's doing, right? Is that with the with the natural given talent, but also with the with the training discipline that goes into it. Absolutely. No, absolutely. Yeah. Expertly said. That's a great point. Yeah. Um, Phil's song doesn't do it for me. It's it's fine. Yes. Okay. I got some, I got some symbolisms. Okay. So uh-huh. this is a song, again for me. This is a song that kind of sticks out as the one that doesn't quite fit, right? Yeah. Because yeah. a lot of your other things are sung from the perspective of the muses, or but like Phil would give you much more of a good old fashioned Broadway tune. Yeah. I love the lyric of Seder, but wiser. I think that's uh-huh. a great lyric. Um, but also like the stories that you read on all the crockery, which is another great use of you know referencing that that earns as as a form of storytelling. And also the uh, before the underworld gets my goat. I mean, like, there's some really good wordplay there. I think that talk about like not singer singers who are able to sell their song. Yeah. Danny DeVito does a great job. I think it's the it's the to use the Moana stuff. It's the you're welcome of this of this score. Right. Um, and I think that it fits Phil's character very well. It's yeah. not something that I want to necessarily listen to just on the soundtrack, but I think it's a great great character song. Again, that covers a montage um, and is well written for the character. So, agreed. This is one, this, I'm going to say it again, kind of like Mind, Mind, Mind. As an adult, this is the song that I go back to now. One Last Hope is my is a massive car jam for me. Mm. Um, see, again, yeah. at, at preschool, when I'm playing the Hercules soundtrack, like I've seen kids, the opening number drop their crayons and like run to the carpet to start dancing during the opening number. And then like when that one comes on, one of the, like one of the kids is like, Mr. Zach, what happened to the music that you were playing? I was like, same movie kid, do your homework. Because we should evaluate all of our music choices of what is good or bad based on the preschool kids attention span. Yes, we should. Absolutely. I, yes, we should. I feel Not like a bad though, metric. <laughs> like I yeah, it's the worst song, but I also don't think it's that terrible. Like No, and I consider agree. Consider Hunchback and a guy it's better like than a guy you. like you. It is. Yeah. It is. Well, I mean, I'll say uh, you know, to now I guess to go back to something positive. Um the you know, the character of Meg is is cool. Um, Susan Egan's voice acting, I think, really elevates what's on the page into being something even better. Yes. Um, but her song, I mean, fire, mm-hmm. fire. Yeah. I mean, if you want to, if you want to feel good, belting, like <laughs> that's a song that you feel good belting. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because you got the backup. I did say, though, with Meg, I, and I get that you need to have your big hero moment, but it's like, she's so smart that I almost, and this would be very unsatisfying as an audience member. This would be incredibly unsatisfying, and I have no illusions that this would have worked. But I'm almost like, you're so smart. The deal is that you won't be hurt. So why don't you have, like, Hercules pinch you? You go, ow. (laughs) Now he can go fight. You know what I mean? And again, like, that's not a satisfying ending. That's not fun to watch. But it's like, I would have liked to have seen her, like, uh, again, like, the third act of the movie, it feels very much like they're like, we have other projects. Like, finish it up. Finish it up. Hurry up. Along those lines, did she push him and save him from the column knowing that? Yeah. Like, like that's like, do you play it that way or do you think that she just did it? Because I love him and I, oh, by the way, I, this I, happened. I, I or do you think she, think she had the knowledge she and she, him. I think it's, I could be bold. Like you could play it, it both be. ways that she did it on purpose. Because um, she does say Hades deal is broken like right after that. So right. yeah, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. Mm. So uh, talking about Meg, I was, when I was thinking about the music here, this is one of the, like in the Disney Renaissance, there's all these, like there's the villain song, there's the opening song. This is one of the few, what we'll call the love interest songs, because like, it's not often you get that perspective. Cause like Prince Eric doesn't get a song. Jasmine doesn't have a song. Nala doesn't have a song. John Smith kind of has a song, but it's kind of more Governor Ratcliffe's and he's got a little verse of it. And then Elda that you get, God bless the outcast, right? And she's not even really the romantic interest, right? So this is a new yeah. perspective. And in fact, if you go back and look at like when they've been, and the beast didn't have a song, right? Until the, right. the you know, the movie and the Broadway show. So it's really funny. Cause if you go back and look at like all the adaptations for stage and for the movie, these live action movies, that's the song they've been writing. Right. Cause like Jasmine yes. got a song. The beast has had two different songs, you know, all of that. Cause I'm assuming Prince Eric, well, Prince Eric's got a, got a song in the Broadway show. Right. So it's interesting that we get this kind of like look in, in this movie to a love interest song, of the main character that we haven't gotten before, like in a lot of other Disney movies. And I just, I found that to be interesting that they took the time to give her, because they didn't need to give her this song. Like it really, it didn't give us anything new necessarily because we kind of already knew that she was falling in love with him, right? I mean, the, the Cupid Arrow joke was great, right? Where she backed yeah, into the yeah. air. So like, it, it was just fascinating to me that they took the time to give her a song. But again, I'm going to tell you, it's because they were like, how many more ways can we get the muses into this movie? And by making them like the pips to her Gladys Knight, they were able yes. to to do that, right? But I just I don't know. I thought it was a, I thought it was a cool insight that we don't get in a lot of Disney movies is this other perspective on the other side of the love interest, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Favorite song. Yes, Michael. That's yeah. Mine. I might do oh, a really popular uh, unpopular opinion here. Phil constantly during this movie does not work for me, um, and it's yeah. because I heard I think. I think Lindsay had something to say about uh, they were going for another genie kind of setup um, with uh, or or Jason Alexander um, and uh, Phil. A, a, a very specific part of Phil's character is no longer tolerable behaviorally in society no more. And by the way, um, sweet cheeks. I'm real dude. They can't keep the the one that's the most harmless to me is nymphs. They can't keep their hands off me. And even that one's kind of like, oh Danny, maybe no. Maybe no Danny. Um and it it translates into I'm going to um, I'm going to reference Kingdom Hearts for anyone who is vaguely interested in that on this podcast because no one's face lit up on this Zoom call. Um Jimmy's uh, dead. He, 
Phil Phil features prominently in this like Disney Final Fantasy universe and hits on a protagonist that is arguably like 16 or 17. Um and it's not it's not okay. It is <laughs> and I love these games too, but it is like flagrant. I think the word sweet cheeks is used more than once. Uh and it's like we can we can amend this part about his character. Sure. A little bit. Can and we the, not? That, that game happens like eight years after the movie, right? Like mid 2000s, early 2000s. They, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, uh-huh. well and a, I would say like a lot of the beats with Phil that work are just him. Like, again, being the Mickey, like the, will you forget the head slicing thing? But later in the movie, when like he gets mad at Hercules because he won't listen to him. I'm like, I don't buy I don't buy this at all. Like mm-hmm. it's, I get it. I get it. The setup is there. I understand, but it doesn't feel like a natural character moment because like Phil goes in, like it's going to break the kid's heart. Then he proceeds to start screaming at him. Like she's a-! she goes from like, Oh, the poor kid to in a matter of a minute, she's a fraud, which is in character for him. But then like the thing about like, you know, I, it feels more like we need it. So Phil can have the big comeback and the, the heart pulling moment rather than like, this is a, a natural place for the character to go. I would agree. Yeah. Okay. So first of all, it's definitely a 1997 thing. His whole like hitting on, you know, in that time yeah. was fine. But also like it's the most true to the Greek mythology this movie kind of is. <laughs> like let's be honest there, right? So, but I'll also say this too. I think that Phil's, Phil's kind of flaw in his character is that he becomes too emotionally attached, right? Is that sure. like he's supposed to be this trainer or whatever. And so for me, that's what is highlighted there is that idea of like, he has this, like, again, he has this whole internal struggle of, like, I'm trying to train this because I want this guy to be successful. But again, like what happened with Achilles, he got too emotionally invested and it just destroyed him, right? And then he was yeah. gave up and he saw it happening again. And that's, I think, what it is there. He's like, I, I want to save you from this peril here mm-hmm. beyond just are you strong? Are you a hero? And I think that that's where that's supposed to go. And I, and I get it. Yeah, it's there. I understand what you're saying. And it's not perfect, but I do think that, like, again, it's 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 held for me. It's held on enough that you're like, sure, I'll go on this yeah, journey with you. Right, I'll give you right. the leeway with it. But I don't think yeah. it's like, I don't know. And again, maybe this is just also like, because even like the Phil's like hitting on the nymphs and, and the whole like hitting on uh, Meg thing doesn't strike me as odd. And maybe it's just because like, I remember, go, you know, like I'm, I'm the, again, the grandpa on this podcast. So like, I remember seeing <laughs> when it was a thing. But I, yeah, I mean, yeah, if they're going to make it in 2023, they're not going to, you know include i would say a lot of that kind of stuff mm-hmm. sure, sure yeah yeah I, I i mean i i will say like kind of before we we move on to manners uh, like to reiterate these are only issues that i'm having because now i've been asked to consider them you know and again like when watching the movie like that beat where phil comes back and he's like you know like come on you could take this bum he's a pushover is like yeah like it works it works for me and it's it's really only like that last bit where he saves like Meg from swimming in the pool of the dead where I'm kind of like, oh, what? But again, like the movie, it really does work for me. And this is one where I'm like, I don't need to think about it critically. Like I can enjoy the movie. I can have fun. I'll laugh. I'll, I'll have a good time with it. And it's kind of when I'm called to really sit down and be like, what do I think? It's like, well, I love it. I do love it. Uh, and I don't really care about the issues, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Shall we? 
Brad's got something. I, I yeah. listen. I just got I got a couple of rapid fire <laughs> things I'd love to say just to kind of sure. get it out there. Um, um, let me see. The damsel doll. I'm a big fan of the damsel doll in the one last hope montage. Yes. I think it's a great, great joke. <laughs> yeah. I think the most quotable and to co- maybe to counteract your Phil is a little pervy moment. I think one of the best quotes of this movie is that you know how men are. They think no means yes and get lost means take me. I'm yours. I think that's a great line that has stood the test of time. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, there's there's a lot of these just great like, well, first of all, like Thebes became the 2020 meme right after, you know, COVID happened with the whole did this happen before the fire or after the earthquake, that whole thing. <laughs> right. Like that's kind of like yeah. the, the timeline we're living in right now. Mm-hmm. Um, But again, the, some of these lines like the call IXII, I think is a great line. <laughs> the um, she, you know, Meg calls Phil Mutton Man. And I was like, that's a deep dive for a joke. Like, it's a great line. <laughs> you know, the Zeus I'm home. The um, the big olive, you can, if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere is a great New York, New York reference. The I'm walking here, the Midnight Cowboy reference. Like this movie is so chock full of just like witty, quippy dialogue. Also, the bad math jokes. That is the running joke of like the, you know, we have five. We want to be even teams or, you know, I have, you know, two, three words for you. Get lost or what? You know, like yeah. there are so many like that riff of like Hercules can't count. Phil can't count. Nobody can count in this movie. <laughs> It's just a great, it's a great running joke. I, I I think that like just parsing the script and the lyrics, I think this movie is playing on a different level than a lot of other kids' movies are. And I think it should sure. definitely be applauded for that. Well, folks, it's about that time where we're going to use our manners. Well, everyone, tonight with our dinner... Judy made some fresh rolls for everyone. Bless my soul. Judy made some rolls. Mm. (laughs) 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 Pastry of the week in every church opinion poll? Yes! Yes! Um... So, what so, a pro so that Judy is. Just like, just like when I offer you more rolls, when I offer you more Hercules, I want you to hit me with a yes, please, or no, thank you. Who feels ready to go first? There's five of us. I'll, I'll go. I'll go. Okay, I'll go. Zach, rolls. You know, fresh out the oven. Yeah, fresh out the oven. And you know, and that's the thing. There are other roles that are maybe more celebrated. There are maybe other roles that, um, you know, because Judy brought these roles. Some of them are bigger than other ones. Some of them are a little more cooked than other ones. But altogether, Judy made these, and Judy is really good at what she does. And and like, she wants you to enjoy them. Like this was food that was made for you to enjoy, and maybe not to be like consider her masterful cooking like these were made for people to sit down laugh and enjoy we dance we kiss we smooch we go home happy what do you say huh so it's very much like like that you know it's not i don't think this movie is trying to be like an academy award winning movie it's not trying to be a best picture it's trying to be something that's really fun and really enjoyable and and it succeeds so it's it's hard to knock it because the movie does what it's trying to and 
yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the rules and I'm gonna say, Judy, thank thank you so much. I love you, Judy. That anytime you make rules, I'm I'm here. Judy. <laughs> All right. Um Jimmy? Yeah. Uh I, I echo what Zach said. I I love rolls. Um Judy's rolls are my second favorite rolls of the Renaissance rolls. And uh, I'm gonna eat him. Rolls. I'm gonna eat him every single time that I I can get him. I have found memories of of these rolls, and it brings me comfort every time that I I eat these rolls. And I'm happy that I got to talk about these rolls with my friends. Yay! Amazing. All right, Brad. We've got more rolls. I think that these rolls are quite good. They're, again, as Zach said, they're not maybe the best rolls, but they're the rolls that are my favorite. And I will have five, one for each of the muses, because that is the important part of the movie, the part that makes me feel the best. And so I will have the rolls and I will enjoy the gospel infused, yeast enriched rolls that are perfect. You go, girls. <laughs> a la Charlton Hustle. All right, Michael, we've still got a few rolls left. Um, so I, it's it's a snap judgment, but I feel like I often try to scope out friends by using the criteria of if they like rolls or not. Um, it's not a it's not a it's not a um, a done deal if they don't, but it is the mark of a of what I believe a genuinely lovely human being is if they also like roles i know immediately that we're going to connect on some very important things um because i love these roles very much and how exciting is it when you know that the person sitting next to you maybe it's judy also loves roles uh and so i will say as many yes please judy as many as you can spare me and roles are tried and true they go with so many things uh, and are appropriate for most times of the year. Uh, and uh, I will have some more, please. Yes. I'm going to kind of like change the. I'm kind of going to like not go the typical route I go, which is quite literally my favorite food, either at school or church, was circle pizza, like the individual circle pizzas they would give. And they were fire. Like, my taste buds always wanted, like, six of those at a time, right? Like, they were like, keep them coming. Keep them coming. And, yeah, to reiterate what everyone else has said about these roles. Is it the best? No. Am I going to talk about these kind of roles any chance I get? Yes. Am I always going to want circle pizza? Yes. Even if I know there's better pizza out there. Because I don't, I don't care. I love circle pizza. I love these roles. I love this movie and I still think it's underrated. I don't think it gets, I think I see more people talking about it now um, than I did like in like 2017, which was when I was on my huge, like everyone watch Hercules right now. But I still think um, it deserves more attention than it, than it gets because it's just so good and such a nostalgic and fun. I think that's what's really sticking out to me. It's just, it's just fun. If you want to have a good time, you watch this movie. Yeah. 
Sorry, I started. I started thinking though, and I think if I could just add one more thing, I would liken this to then when you you've had Judy's roles as a child, and then when you grow up, there's that one friend who you're kind of like you, you met them at work, and the jury's still out on if you actually really like each other. Like you know they're, they're okay, and you bring them to church with you for an event, and they and you're like, oh Judy's roles, like oh they're so good, you're gonna love them. And then they tried them, and they're like, uh, I don't know. And then you're like, well, I don't know about this friendship. That's the way you're <laughs> If you tell me that, like, you don't like this movie, I'm kind of like, uh, see ya. In conclusion, folks, listen, Hercules, this weekend, if you don't have anything planned, call all your friends, get them together, or Disney Plus has a watch party, like, get get the snacks, get the candy, get the chips, get, like, get it all, get it all, all of it, and, and check it out, because even if you haven't seen this movie in a while, give it a go, because it might be better than you remember, and you're gonna have such a good time if you go into it with the right mindset. But you know what's always a good time is sitting down with these truly amazing incredible guests i don't know why they spend their time talking to me and hanging out with me but boy am i glad they do michael and 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 brad uh we'll put links to uh what they're involved in uh their websites in the, in the show notes below check make sure you check out the episode notes there's a lot of cool stuff that we're all involved with uh go there to find our instagrams all of that good stuff and Join us next week when we're going to be talking about Ladybird. But until then, I've been Mr. Zach. I've been Miss Hannah. I've been Mr. Jimmy. I'm Mr. Brad. And I'm Mr. Michael. <laughs> <laughs>